Yo, 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 what is good with y'all? It's another Thursday, and this is the Chop Up Show. I am Damo, the political plug. I got with me my best friends in this world, some of my favorite people. Well, not Toya as much as today, which we'll talk about. Uh, but I got I got Toya G with me. I got Consciously with me. What's good with y'all? Hey, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. I'm going to tell you why. Y'all know, Dominique, y'all know the political plug. I'm sorry, I got so formal with it. Y'all know the plug is a Lakers fan to the core. And I'm feeling great this Thursday evening because you see that green C on his chest? That stands for the Boston Celtics. Now, if you were a real friend of the show, you was with us during playoff season, and y'all saw me and the plug talk about a bet where he believed that the Nets were going to knock out the Celtics in the first round of the playoffs, and this, this, and that, and Kyrie and KD. Was that, what, was, was that, was that a 5-4-1? Was the split for that, I think, series? And so the Celtics won. Y'all see the see us rise. Now, he still owe me $50. So in the comments, I want y'all to do me a favor and ask the political plug where my $50 at. Because I can't seem to get it out of him. But even outside $50, of that, $50. But even outside of that $50, he had to wear this beautiful see us rise t-shirt. Because that's exactly what we're going to do again. In the upcoming season starts mid-October, so y'all stay tuned. But I'm feeling good because this man lost. And he has to sit for the entire show and represent the beautiful, the awesome, the amazing, the high caliber, high talented, quintessential NBA franchise. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary folks, people that we love close to our hearts. The people ball. that we love. Thank you for having me. And I'm not here alone because another witness to the bet is my, is, my, is, is my brethren. So my brother, go ahead and tell the people who you are. You, the, uh, Lee, consciously? Oh, me? I thought you were talking to the plug, man. No, 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 no. Yeah. 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 Plug toss it to me. I said what I needed to say. I'm going to toss it over to my yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my bad. Yeah. I thought, you know, I for man, that, that fast. I really was enjoying Damo, that look on Damo's face. Right? <laughs> look on the plug's face. The look on the plug's face, rocking that green seat on his chest. That, that's really what I was soaking in. But you know, it's George Lay, aka the Conscious Leak. Don't forget the leak, uh, the consciously.com. Uh, shout out to everybody that's over here from TikTok right now, everybody that's on TikTok. Because I know this morning I was talking some big shit. You feel yeah. me? Um, still got the same energy as well. So if you're in the comment section, you feel me? Whether you want to come with some affirmation, admiration, or some negation, goddamn, I got time. You know, education is elevation. Research over me, search. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Yeah, man. So, yeah, all right, whatever. All of that stuff that happened. Um, we got a great show for y'all, man. We got a lot to get into. So let's go ahead and get it started. Now, th- this is the new way that we talked about how we starting the show now. And we're getting into the vibe check uh, going over our news for this week. Go ahead, tell you with the vibe check. How are y'all at the Bob Check? We got a, a fourth guest of the show, uh, Journey, in the background, but she's going to behave here in a second. Let me talk about, uh want to pick up where we left off last week. It was breaking news on the day that we recorded, the whole news about Aerie Spears and Tiffany Haddish, if you don't know. Uh, very controversial. Very, I'm mean, not calling it controversial because it's only one side to it. It's a very problematic video surfaced right. last week of them two in a scenario about what is what what is gonna be like if a sexual predator was to watch your child. It was an innocent 14 year old and, and also uh, that 14 year old sister 
who ended up coming out as plaintiffs in a lawsuit against Tiffany Haddish and Aries Spears uh, because of the very, very problematic things we saw in that video. Uh, a lot of controversy around the video even being shared. It definitely made its sweeps and its rounds. And a lot of was talked about in terms of sharing that type of trauma porn, that type of literal porn, how we put children out there and that young, that young man's identity being all over the place. So that was rough. But since then, a couple of things have happened with that. First of all, uh, in a response to this, a clip surfaced of Tiffany Haddish uh, when she was subbing for Ellen, uh, sitting with Marlon Wayans. Did y'all get the chance to see this video? Um, yeah. And, and it was rough. It was it was it was what everybody was thinking and feeling. But what kind of needed to be said on top of the problematic nature of that video? I think Tiffany Haddish asked the question, you know, why you and your family ain't never really put me on? Let me get in there. I didn't try to audition and this that, and the other. And Marlon Wayans is very frank in saying you just don't got the goods in terms of professionalism. And he's always been seen as the most immature, kind of free-flowing, goofy Wayans brother. So for him to look you in the face and tell you, we couldn't even bring you on to put you on because you don't have the coof. You don't have- The word he used specifically, maturation. Yeah. My God. Right, talking about the maturity of the situation. So it was rough to see um, with, with, with kind of her stature there. And it reminded me of a Cat Williams clip that also circulated over this last weekend or so, where he was talking about how the, the mysterious come up of Tiffany Haddish. Now, I've never found her funny. I've never really found her style of comedy something for me. I remember everybody was in love with how she ate chicken on the red carpet and did this, this, and that, and how she went off on, um, I forget the commentator on the red carpet about calling her just a costume. And, you know, I'm, I'm all with you getting people together and doing what you need to do. But my opinion, <laughs> my opinion is what it is. Uh, but uh, 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 she, she, she caught a lot of flack from Kat because it was kind of inexplicable unless she's doing some extra things behind the curtains of Hollywood, which we know we've been causing the criticism a lot here lately, to get her rise to the top. Uh, and so I, I tend to agree with that because this shady type of behavior, you know what I'm saying, is where we hey, really see kind of people moving up. Last thing I want to bring up is her response as we watch this all unfold. Her response to the allegations uh, and to the lawsuit is, and this is on her uh, Instagram, so y'all can go see it for yourself. She says, I know people have a bunch of questions. I get it. I'm right there with you. I don't know how, what you can have. Well, you were there in a seven. It was a long ass video, y'all. It wasn't like a quick viral video clip. It was a long ass video. She continues, yeah. unfortunately, there is a, an ongoing legal case. There's So there's very little that I can say right now. But clearly, while this sketch was intended to be comedic, it wasn't funny at all. And I deeply regret having acted in it. That's I really look forward to being able to share a lot more about the situation as soon as I can. My question to y'all is very simple. Seeing what we see about how Hollywood treats allegations of child predators, child abuse, sexual abuse, so on and so forth. Do y'all think Tiffany Haddish is done? Do y'all think she's going to be able to wait it out and get other opportunities later on? Uh, I think she's going to get other opportunities later on. I mean, I think it, uh, you outrage culture makes us assume that just because somebody did something stupid, um, you know, regardless of like what, where it's around, um, that it's just like, well, because you did something stupid, that's enough. Uh, for you to just like lose your entire career, and mm -hmm. I, I think uh, given the circumstances, I would like this. This kind of goes into the realm of like Dave Chappelle esque, but like I mean, I would say Dave Chappelle funny. Y'all, it's certain things that y'all would disagree on, and some of the jokes that he making. But while Dave Chappelle was able to execute and then cause that controversy, like this ain't even funny to the people who did it. Like they, you know, what I'm saying it's just like you know. So, but but I think it's one of them things where it's just like it's just go, we're gonna recognize that it's, that was it was in bad taste, you know. Her reputation is already one of that of like not being the most mature, not being the most put together, willing to cross them type of lines and all that type of shit. So it's 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 not like 
when Tiffany Haddish and Aries Spears' names in the controversy, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because of the names. But I, I don't think it's going to be something that's like her career is done for. Because so you don't think no, no, for me, nah, for me, I can't even say it as cutting dry because usually if it was anybody else, you feel me, into your politics. So if it was anybody else other than the black woman, I'd be like, yeah. But it's an instance, though, I don't think that she would be victimized in many instances for being a black woman in this instance. Is like what you did was kind of crazy. You know what I'm saying? In terms of like that was soft child corn. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying corn specifically because I know that the uh, platforms that we've been streamed on right now, the community guidelines can be very strenuous, to say the least. But um, I think that especially with how they responded, they ain't really showing no accountability. Now, every spirit shed, it's a shakeup. He ain't no coward. He ain't no It's a shakedown. He said, it's what he said. He said, every spirit shed, it's a shakedown. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, I feel like it's a whole bunch of other things that I have on it. I feel like I might turn turn into something. Feel me? It's not. Like, it's a story that's it's the, that's developing. So who knows what angles we're going to be able to come back to it later on or whatever. We just, I definitely want us to be thinking about that because we can't afford to be letting people slide on shit like that. Yeah. Uh, transition real quick to news about the queen. Right? If you are on any social media, any type of media, any if you get any alerts to your phone and to your television, uh, you know for a fact. Uh, and we're gonna get there, Alicia. We're gonna get to the water crisis. We're just kind of doing some, 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 we're leaning in to, to some of the top stories that's around us. We're gonna talk about the queen passing away 96 years old. She served for 72 years. And Way 19- more than bad taste. I'm on too. Yeah, everybody about people right now on, on TikTok upset that you said that, that, uh, that it was just in bad taste. It was like, uh, it's a little more than bad taste. So I want to make sure I said that. Be clear about that. Absolutely. I mean, right. the, to be clear, the point that I was making was people are going to just look at it in bad taste. It's not going to be something that's going to like because I, I, like that's what I'm saying. You're going to have the outrage and how people feel about it, but the, the reason why it's not going to rise to the level of destroying our career is because you have people who are strong defenders of comedy and the boundaries that comedy pushes, and because they're willing to say, "Well, it's not funny. It was a bad taste joke," right? In the context of this is comedy, and comedy sometimes pushes the boundaries. It was a bad taste joke in that defense. Like, I, I'm, but but it is what it is. Like like I said, like I mean, the statement I'm making is the reason why it's not going to end her career. At the end of the day, it's like okay, so you know, somebody they feel like it's more than just in bad taste. I get that. Uh, and while we're here, I'll go ahead and address a comment in the comments. Uh, why Born into Greatness says, why are y'all acting like the video didn't have real life merit, and especially in the black community, because it had zero merit? Um, there are one million other ways we could talk about the way that sex, sexual predators exist in the black community without literally creating caricatures of the situation, putting a literal child, an underage person in danger and in very problematic instances to see it. I don't know if you watched the video, and I'm not going to suggest that you do, but anybody who did knows that there was literally no ha-ha factor in it. There was no illumination. There was no education. There was nothing of substance offered or provided for how we can combat this in the community. It's just the, oh, look, that happens. And we've been knowing that since the beginning of the time. If you don't believe me, watch The Color Purple. Watch a bunch of different movies that have existed over time that have, I mean, just accounts, fuck fiction, literal accounts of how people have been violated by members of their family in very inappropriate ways in our community. This is not new news. So yeah, there was no validity to that video. No reason for it to be shot, to be edited. Somebody literally sat through and edited footage to put it together. Like what is wrong with people? That is, and if at no point that went off in your head, you are a predator, you deserve to be held accountable for that. The queen died. Uh, history of colonization, under surprise. 
Right now, there's a lot of conversation now in the wake of her death about what happens to the British monarchy, how power will be transitioned, whether or not Prince Charles um, will now assume that role or a lot of countries who are under colonial British rule are now having conversations about what that starts to look like. We got places like Nigeria, like Kenya, like the Bahamas, like uh, what are some other countries? Y'all add to the countries who are being uh, ruled by King Charles. Yeah. What are some of the other countries that have been colonized? Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I feel like, yeah, I feel we, like we're, 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 a we, lot of <laughs> I know. I think they're, they're I want to be specific though. Like for example, um, in relationship to this, Jamaica is making hard decisions right now about whether or not they become a republic um, and are in a position to demand like 10 billion bands from the monarchy in order to repay for uh, the violent colonization and the implications of that over their GDP and economy over how many every years, right? So uh, let's chat. What's, what's, what's the vibes? And now, uh, yeah, South Africa, uh, India, bunch yeah, of different South places. Africa, to be, India, so, uh, so, so, so to be clear, Africa, uh, the British version uh, Islands, uh, uh, So uh, in, in terms uh, of all of that shit, like, let's be clear though. The British Parliament make is, is is what determines a lot of this shit. Like the monarchy has been wholly symbolic for a while. Like as the world has transitioned to de- to representative democracies, the parliament in uh the British Parliament has gained, you know what I'm saying, more stature, more it is it, the people who make more decisions, right? They actually just uh just got their new prime minister uh like I think this week actually um as a part of this, so they they going through a lot of change right now. Uh, so I mean, with my my whole thing is even like we're media. This is media. Uh, mm-hmm. the first the frustrating part about it is like how mainstream media is just going is going to romanticize like oh my god the queen it's a it's a lot like for brown people for marginalized people for colonized people like it's the furthest. I'm trying to be polite about it, right? Because I. When it comes to death, and I've talked about this before, when it comes to death, um, I'm very I'm I'm cautious with how I you know talk about the dead just out of respect. So that's why I can't say a lot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, you know, like we because if she was just she was just one name, like she was just the modernization of it, she was just the humanization of, of, of the colonizer. Yeah, you know what I mean, like because her passing. The system has already been set up to allow for another car to take that place, right? So it, it, the question of what's going to be, nothing's going to change. That's just like saying, well, the president died. What's going to happen with, no, nothing's going to happen with nothing. Somebody else is going to fill that spot. You know what I'm saying? I will say in relation to you not speaking ill of the dead, uh, a tweet by Ebony Elizabeth Thomas uh, goes by at Ebony Teach on Twitter says, telling the colonized how they should feel about their colonizers' health and wellness and death is like telling my people we have to worship the Confederacy, respect the dead when we're all writing these tweets in English. how that happen? Hmm, we just chose the language? So I think this always go back, goes back to, or goes back to even in your analysis, a lot of people said a lot of profound things today about both her life, her legacy, and her passing. And a lot of it has been like, whoa, wait, we can't do this and we can't do that. But I think the, the court of public opinion is what you play in. You know what I'm saying? Politics aside, people don't give a shit about that. They only care about what that track record look like. And so a lot of people are not missing the right. opportunity to go ahead and keep it a stack about yeah. the implications of a lot of what she did. 
Um, I want to move off of this and talk about my last thing. So the last thing I'll talk about this is: Have y'all heard about these conspiracy theories that she been she she's been perished? She had expired weeks ago, months ago, even. Um, a lot of interesting conversation floating around, and I be I don't know. I ain't, it ain't gonna go nowhere because I know like there's gonna be a real investigation on whether or not. But they've been a lot of saying a lot of body doubles, a lot of doppelgangers have been playing the the queen, and that she actually uh, left us months ago. So. I, I don't know. I think if the, I'm, I'm gonna keep my eye. You know what though? You know what though? What? I'll give you the benefit of that on this one because I did just retweet a story that had receipts that I also retweeted. You feel me? Um, about the royal family officially announcing to the public that two of her close disabled cousins had died in like 1950 and 1961 mm-hmm. but they really didn't die they just sent them to a uh a, a, a care home and they didn't pay for them or anything at all. all all they paid was all they paid for was for their uh doctor's hospital bills yeah. it's two cousins two two queen elizabeth cousins you see what i'm saying you know what I'm saying it's disabled or whatever you know what i'm saying that they that they literally but listen they died 20 years officially after that, you know what I'm saying? Like, literally, they died. You know what I'm saying? After the after the the monarchy had uh, had had, had turned them dead, yeah. dead to the public or whatever. So, yeah. with that being said, I think that the idea of her being deceased weeks ago and uh, them just announcing to the public now is not too far not, away from what's possible. Ain't gonna lie. When you said this in you know what I'm saying our virtual green room, I was thinking like, what the hell, Toya? But <laughs> now. I think about it and things are clicking. Yeah. It makes sense. Which was like a common, just real quick, which is common practice. Uh, like if they had like somebody who was mentally disabled or just somebody that they felt like was just bad. No, able is real. Able is real. They, they got, they would send them off and say they died. So that's not even something that we can even say is like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Um, but I think the conspiracy theories come in when they like, she didn't have a body double and all the extra shit. Like, I mean, nah, just, just ain't nobody seen it. Like, if, if people go a week without seeing the queen, it's like, is that like, yeah, like y'all, y'all get very controlled exposure anyway. So, yeah. I mean, I will say Melodious Rambling has a point. Melodious Ramblings has a point, which is, I mean, they they lied on uh, everybody's favorite white auntie Betty White year after year after year after her dying. Um, and just continue. And that, people pop up as hoax deaths on a regular basis, right? So there's no doubt that with her stature, invisibility, and just position in the world that people was capping about her life and death. And uh, you know, um, if I read tweet real fast when we leave, I have to tweet real fast. I feel like yeah, yeah. there's a, a fun royal family fact. Queen Elizabeth had two disabled first cousins who were publicly pronounced dead in 1940 and 1961, respectively. But they both actually lived in a care home with no visits or support from the royal family until their actual deaths in 1986 and 2014. The right. family never sent the girls a birthday gift or a Christmas gift, a car when the one died in 1986. None of her family attended the funeral. Her grave was marked with plastic tags and serial number until existence was revealed in the media after the family added a, gra- a gravestone. The woman received no money from the family other than 125 pounds paid to for the hospital each year. Just unbelievably cruel. And then on this tweet, which I also retweeted, you can go find the receipts to Narisa and Catherine Bowles line. Hmm. Okay. So again, truth is stranger than fiction most of the time. Right? Most of the time. We, we tend to understand that anything could have happened up to this point. Want right. to transition to this last uh, kind of little piece of my conversation before I turn it over. It's going to be real quick with y'all. 
politicians out here killing uh, reporters in the United States, by the way, because we heard of what was happening over in the Middle East. I forget what specific country, but Jamal Khashoggi was a journalist who was killed. And uh, it was seeming that members of the government and somehow the United States government was a part of this massive cover up of this killing. But this is actually happening right in Las Vegas, California. I'm sorry, Las Vegas, California, Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, just down the road uh, in Las Vegas, we have discovered. Oh, yeah. Here's the Khashoggi, Khashoggi story. People seem to ignore what Khashoggi was investigating when he was murdered. He was writing about Kushner, Jared Kushner, allegedly turning over classified information to MBS, who then used that to hunt down, arrest and murder his opponents in Saudi Arabia. MBS has financial relationships to Trump and AMI. Now, I don't know these organizations with these acronyms. I would probably need to do some research, but there is a triangulation between this journalist murder, what happened in Saudi Arabia and what happens with the United States, particularly Donald Trump and his family and his inner circle. So it's no coincidence that this is behavior that is 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 typical. Either way it goes, uh, I forget his particular position. I think he's a public administrator. Yeah. Just to uh, add a little bit to that, we're going to be talking about Donald Trump taking classified documents from from office after this. So pay attention. Jared Kushner was being investigated for turning over classified information to the Saudi crown prince. So they could actually, but go ahead. Let's talk about the tea in Vegas. So uh, Clark County public administrator, his name is Rob Tellis, who's a Democrat, by the way. So this is non-bi- non-bipartisan news. Okay, we're not picking no sides. We're just letting y'all know that they out here acting wild. They ain't treating like yeah, wild. Well, the sauce of the bipartisan bullshit. Listen, and so uh, a man by the name or reporter for the Las Vegas Review Journal by the name of Jeff German uh, was writing all types of stories about Tellis, including uh, uncovering uh, administrative bullying, complaints about administrative bullying, favoritism, and Tellez's relationship with a subordinate staffer in the office uh, that handles property of people who die without a will or family contact. So basically, misconduct, sexual misconduct, bullying, administrative misconduct, and uh, Tellez believed that German's reporting is what caused him to lose uh, an election. Uh, as a result, his DNA was found. Um, where they were into investigating uh, German's death. They eventually uh, recovered a vehicle at the home with the FBI, got involved into it, and upon the arrest that was connected to this particular murder. And so I just want to let y'all know that freedom of speech, as it's always been, is under attack. To further underscore that point in an unrelated story before I turn it over to the homies, there is also a Black woman who is in the state of South Carolina, uh, and her name is Brittany Martin, age of 34. She was found guilty of breaching the peace uh, during some 2020 protests where she was simply using her voice to argue against the police. And she was locked up for four years. So when I tell y'all they are here by any means necessary, keeping folks quiet, keeping your messages quiet, keeping your voices quiet. It's a lot of tricky, tricky stuff out here. So free Brittany Martin, age 34 from South Carolina, arrested and thrown in jail, given a whole sentence because she breached the peace by articulating and phrasing her displeasure with the police as well as a rest in peace to uh, reporter Jeff German of the Los Angeles Review. I'm sorry, Las Vegas Review. Uh, is wild out here. Y'all be safe. That's the vibe check. Oh, hold on. All right. uh, yeah, so that's crazy. Um, they out here like killing people. Hey, it's 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 not a game, bro. Um, let's 
with that being said, let's transition over to the political chop. That fact that he's dropped is kind of what I'm processing right now. And you know, that's the type of shit that we watch in movies. Well, as a matter of fact, if you think about it, the what they do, what they do internationally is what they criminalize and pathologize here on domestic soil and, ju- and literally paint those narratives in other countries. And we justify invading those countries. We justify taking over their natural resources because their 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 leaders are quote unquote being bloodthirsty dictators that are willing to spill a little blood to get what mm-hmm. they want. You see what I'm saying? So for mm-hmm. me, you 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 rolled it out. How you rolled it out? It's like damn. You see me? I'm not surprised. You feel me? But it's sad. You know. Um, and by the way, I mean, it was a stabbing, which means it was a very personal, very intimate, very yeah. just passion driven, angry attack, which shows you the inability of public servants to separate some of the uh, anger they feel is like they're not able to take the pressure of the job. And if you're not, you can move on out the way. Um, with that being said, we can transition into some, I guess, what can be considered good news. I don't know how y'all feel about Fox News, but I feel like any bad news for Fox News is good news for media in general. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Uh, so, a- anybody been paying attention? Fox News is currently being sued by Dominion Voting Systems for defamation. Uh, it and I wouldn't be surprised if y'all haven't watched it, but Fox News uh, was going on there talking about uh, like a, a lot of their hosts were literally going on there during the election or after the election when Joe Biden won, going on there flat out saying that Dominion Voting Systems uniquely was changing votes within their systems to uh, to make Joe Biden win the election. Now, just a bit of background, though, on uh, Fox News and defamation lawsuits, right? Because Fox News talks shit about everybody. I mean, if it's a a progressive voice, Fox News then framed them in some counterproductive, dangerous, whatever fashion, right? Uh, But I want to ask y'all, have y'all ever heard of the Tucker Carlson defense? No. Never heard of the Tucker Carlson defense? I've only heard of it from being on TikTok. And being so, a TikToker, right. you know, I guess for me and a TikToker, I've made a video about it or two, you know. Uh right. <laughs> shout out to TYT. Right. I've you know what I'm saying for fucking with the young Turks. They didn't they didn't they didn't they didn't tell Carson, you know what I'm saying? You you were you were uh you were something else. Yeah, like, something else for sure. But he's he's so much of something else, right? That Tucker Carlson, uh where Fox News was sued for inflammatory rhetoric mm-hmm. made by Tucker Carlson. The defense that the lawyers for Fox News went up there and said, no reasonable person would listen to Tucker Carlson and take him uh, Yeah, okay, gotcha, yeah. <laughs> I, have to, I heard that. Right, right. No say, uh, Page, Page report, Pages and Portraits uh, uh, pointed it out. No same person would take you seriously. So Am I Fox- thinking that too? There's like some type of subtext or some type of like small print that's like for entertainment purposes. Like there are like certain yes, attached to their yes. yeah, yes. There's certain programs that aren't that aren't considered news programs. They're considered entertainment programs. So their inflammatory rhetoric isn't considered to be misleading or it's not misleading uh, information. Right or disinformation because it's misinformation because it's, it's it's supposed to be for entertainment purposes. So like some of the worst shit that they've said, they've been able to get away with fucking with that defense. Right uh, now they didn't run into an issue. Uh, email has been released right because since they're being sued by Dominion Voting Systems, whenever there's a lawsuit going on, there's a such thing as called discovery, where there's mm-hmm. certain information is being used that's necessary for the case, 
that is being uh, that is being put into the record so they can be used in court. Some of that discovery has been leaked, and a uh, an email from November twenty uh, from November twenty twenty specifically points out that host Janine Pirro cannot be allowed back on the air. She is pulling conspiracy theories from dark corners of the web to justify then-President Donald Trump lies that the election had been stolen for him. The existence of the emails confirmed by two people with direct knowledge of it and is the first, it is first publicly disclosed by NPR in this story. Fox News has declined to comment according to NPR. Now, with that being said, that's about as close as Yeah, bro, yeah. But the whole, the, like, an exec said, yo, we cannot allow the guys. Listen, chat, listen. One of the executives during the 2020 election at Fox News was specifically telling these people, we cannot allow these hosts, primetime hosts, to get up here and say this crazy shit, right? Yeah. Now that it's public that they said that and still allowed them on the air, that's like a what most legal analysts are considering to be a smoking gun. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, you're bullshit. you know, bullshit is being peddled. You have the ability to intervene. You didn't and still let these same people get on the air. Culpability. Sounds like you didn't care. Sounds like you were very dismissive hey. of what you were being told. But the plot thinking so crazy, though, right? I'm, I'm on, I'm on, you know, I, I do, I do, y'all know I do TikTok videos all the time. So I do this TikTok video on this CNN article that was made about wokeness, about, you feel me, this, this Lord of the Rings shit. So the the, uh, the title of the uh, the uh, the article is that when wokeness comes to the Middle Earth, while some diverse casting ruins the new Lord of the Rings series, and it's CNN trying to you know pathologize wokeness on some yeah. like herb shit, right? Yeah. So I make this video and shit. People in the comment section put me on game, like, hey, you know that uh, CNN got bought by one of them Trump supporters, huh? So for me, it's just like thinking about what now. That was my bro. That was my next week's show, but we good. Go ahead, continue. Ah, but, yeah. but, but but to me though, what you just put forth it shows in many different instances that a lot of Republicans that seen the way that Fox News had influence, they seen the smoke coming from it. So now they went about some other shit that got a little credibility. You feel me? And so if we being real, CNN had that much credibility. You feel me? Shit, that, that much credibility call it fake news this entire you know what i'm saying president yeah. saying to be cool so they had that much credibility you ain't gonna keep the stack but y'all stay tuned next week we going deep in the cnn i ain't never rocking CNN just, like that anyway i'm exposing the great i'm a, i mean I, I part of me wants to then share kind of how i feel and it ain't really how i feel but i'll, I'll save my kind of some of my in my perspective for next week i just know that the public sentiment about cnn right even and i'm talking about like this is not the conscious look under the layers look between um kind of the the, the rubber in the road to see what's really there type of viewer even the average typical just consumer of news is really starting to be like there's some tricky shit going on what's happening over at cnn and so it's kind of rough that even they're less woke no pun intended audience is even starting to recognize the shifts in the orientation and how to get their news so it's something to talk about for sure uh so the question i want to ask real quick briefly um uh for toy and george do y'all think that because the menu going like this is like a smoking gun fox is going to settle once as all this comes out uh do y'all think this are y'all optimistic that more people will file these types of suits against the type of media like fox news in order to hold them more accountable to the bullshit they say or do y'all yeah. think they just gonna cut the check and move on? Yeah, 
Both both of those things. Both of those <laughs> things don't happen. Once 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 Fox News set the precedent that they wouldn't uh, cut the check and take accountability so you don't go too further, you're gonna find a lot of other people going on and get their hustle on that's going to go put you feel me, whatever they need to do when it in terms of being able to say, Hey, we need to hold y'all accountable. Y'all been doing a whole bunch of crazy shit that's been uh creating dangerous climates over here and over here and over here that's impacted this, this and this and this. Come give it to me. We're gonna see a whole bunch of folks start, you know what I'm saying, cutting the check, get paid out. All right. Oh, go ahead, Tony. No, you good. Down no effect, baby. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Uh, so moving on into the uh, the next story in tonight's political chop. Uh, we we gonna go down to Georgia. Um, uh, which last political Georgia. election? Yeah, I'm I'm talking about Georgia made news. I mean, I think the I, outside of just Trump, uh, getting out of office. Would y'all agree that the shit that happened in Georgia in 2020? was probably some of the most the, the biggest news to come out of that election yeah it was powerful um and i think it was it had the capacity to dictate momentum and i think it was a sign of momentum right i think democrats have not really had many wins but to see how georgia brought it up from the rear and really did some awesome amazing things in multiple races and on multiple fronts just getting people to participate in it i definitely think people felt like it was a new dawn and a new day so with that understanding, right, a part of that new dawn and new day was Reverend Raphael Warnock, the first uh, senator from the state of Georgia, black senator, excuse me, to be elected to Congress from the state of Georgia. Uh, and yeah. I mean, he, he, it was a, he, and he did so in, in pretty convincing fashion. Right now, coming into 2022, Raphael Warnock is up for re-election. He is now going up against everybody's favorite Georgia Bulldog, Herschel Walker. We've had conversations about Herschel Walker, right? Uh, there's been certain conversations about his intelligence, right? But if we compare the, the two politically, uh, we, we really see where we're running into particular issues. Last time we talked about Herschel Walker, we talked about the myth of whether or not it's people vote black because they black, right? This, this Herschel Walker kind of dismissed that. And I think we all kind of agreed that Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Now that you the cognitive dissonance on that type of sentiment, especially on social media, to me, it show you that y'all don't really understand black folks and niggas and African Americans and whatever y'all Negroes. What y'all telling me? I do. Herman Cain already proved that. Uh, goddamn. Uh, uh, ben Carson uh, proved it. Ben Carson proved that. You know what I'm saying? Goddamn. Candace Owens proved that. Goddamn. We can name a whole bunch of other. Just Clarence Thomas proved that. Yeah, you hear me? So you just right. showed it. I like the high, high, high. A lot of folks like to play with black people head. You feel me? like playing on our tops, as some would say. Right. Uh, so if we look at these two, if we look at the, uh, uh, these two, like their political background, right? Raphael Warnock uh, got started as the, in, in terms of his political activism, got started as the pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church. And for those who are historically astute. You would know mm-hmm. Ebenezer Baptist Church is the church of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Right. right. A lot of big stuff that came out of that church. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, what he did was he uh, was invested a lot in the expansion of Medicare and Medicaid in the state of Georgia, specifically in the ways in which it was uh, it was expanded through the Affordable Care Act or was more commonly known as Obamacare. Uh, he, he led some sit-ins, right? Uh, I mean, kind of took over Congress, got arrested for it. Like, again, in, in that legacy of civil rights, of the, of the struggle of black people in Georgia, right? Uh, he's uh, been a part of uh, organizations getting black people voting. 
He's been a part of organizations to provide funds and care for uh, uh, poor people in Georgia. So this is somebody who's been involved. Herschel Walker is only taken seriously in this conversation because Donald Trump told people to vote for him. From that perspective, right, what does it say about black politicians and black leaders when somebody who's as involved as, you know what I'm saying, engaging and has been a part of the struggle for black people in Georgia can literally be running neck and neck with somebody who's completely disconnected from all of that, but acts only has this platform and this ability simply because somebody from a white person from this establishment spoke up their name. What does that say? Torture. Um, it says that we are in our own little echo chambers when it comes to talking about this shit. And our confusion about it uh, is the same way we were confused about how Donald Trump could possibly win. And then all of a sudden, how many ever million or hundreds of thousands of votes came up out of nowhere. And they were votes that we didn't account for. It's a lot of silent Trump supporters. It's a lot of silent Republicans who might uh, not, not really. be in the day to day machinations of how this shit plays, but they see a good nigga up there that assuages some of their racism and their anti-blackness that they've been accused from and they get to point to that and say, I stuck to my politics and I done did a good job because I voted for uh, a, a black man and so it proves that I can't be racist and as problematic as everything. Oh, right. and they can't, I can't be who I say I, but we're not calculating for them. We don't see them. We don't talk to any black people like that. We don't talk to any white people like that. So how do you win elections? By enough niggas falling for nonsense and a whole slate of white people who are there cooking up that shit and serving it. And those are the people we don't interact with on a day-to-day basis. So shit, we're not thinking of accounting for them, but they are very much there and waiting for their white token, their, their, their black, their token black guy that is a yes man who only gets any credibility because he was endorsed by Donald Trump. They waiting to catch their bone for that nigga because they can sleep at night. So yeah, that's, that's my take on how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> This guy. Thoughts? I don't know. I mean, you said everything. You feel me? Like, <laughs> we got to to me, I think it really just show a lot of the bad faith that a lot of white Republicans have in just black community real large. And they really show that they don't understand black politics or the black community. They believe black that people being a black person that's played a little football that look like us. That they that we will just blindly go vote for them. It really just showed that they really just out of touch. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like it's ableist to say this. You feel me? But I ain't got nothing better to say right now. So I'm saying it's like it's tone deaf. It's like it's really it's so tone deaf that y'all putting so much money in with it. That it's like let that shit go. You feel me? Not only I mean, let I mean, it go, like uh, a Christian Walker. You feel me? Like his son. Him. Them two. As hey, just, to be clear, George together. has had a personal beef. With Herschel Walker's son for some years. <laughs> I, just, so, I, just, I just think I that both of them together is just two shits you could just flush down the bullet. <laughs> With that, thank you for that eloquence. I uh, mean, the last thing yeah. I want to say about this is that it's a simple numbers game. In order for Herschel Walker to not be a compelling candidate and for them to not kind of put him out there and assume he can win, they are counting on black people not re-showing up to the polls not being as invested as they were in 2020. They counting on having a fraction of those people be as invested in this race. And then they're also counting on big numbers in terms of people who are going to make sure their Republican candidate wins or make sure that they feel good about voting for a black guy, even if they represent, he represents bullshit politics, as long as it's Republican politics. They feel great about that. So they crunched the numbers and said, yeah, throw them out there. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you, not only they do it so much, they really play. To me, it's just like, 
y'all talk so much shit for about us for 30 years about saying that if you don't get involved in politics, you don't get to talk shit about politics. So they talked about that so long that yeah. now for goddamn two election sections, two two election, yeah, two. I'm gonna say two election sections, but I really mean something else. But I'm saying sections, election you know, something different. You feel me? Sure. Seasons, but I'm gonna say sections because that's how I say it at first. But we know that we've had record high turnouts for black people. When we had that, you criminalized it, and now you got it where you don't, you don't, you don't recognize that it's a lot of black people that are politically empowered and inspired to go out and be participating in shit. That you about to see some midterm numbers you ain't never seen to did before. Yeah. So when yeah, you uh, see them, you see me. What are you gonna do? So, so the last thing I'll say about this, and that's 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 a great point, George. Uh, but I want to point, out, I want to point out a little bit of irony of the situation here. Georgia, for the first time ever, is having to decide between one of their senators with two black people. Here's why this is some funny shit. I don't ever want to hear a complaint about affirmative action from the standpoint of somebody not being qualified because Herschel Walker is affirmative action for racists against a qualified black candidate. We don't get too many instances like this. We don't get we don't we don't get too many ways we can compare where they wrong and, and where that mindset is completely flawed. You have a qualified black candidate and a unqualified black oh, candidate. Made a, qualified. black candidate, a black candidate who's been involved and engaged with politics, specifically in the state and the communities of Georgia, and somebody who only been eating, making money, living off of their name. And the only reason Walker is being taken serious is simply because Donald Trump said vote for him. This is what Herschel Walker is an example of racial affirmative action. Facts. Let's keep it going. Yeah. Hey, 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 how long? So keep it going. So so we're keeping it going. We recognize that a lot of the people in the party that like to um, indict race hustling, you know, a lot of people that like to indict quote unquote victim mentality. You see, when it comes to Herschel Walker uniquely, they will literally engage masterfully in those two concepts that they weaponize against other people. Factual, the, the, conven- so, the convenience for me. Oh, th- thank you, Toya. Yeah. Um, really quickly, I got two more I want to get to real quick. Uh, Stacey Abrams. I'm not gonna do this without mentioning her name. Stacey Abrams is running against uh, Governor Brian Kemp for the for the governorship of uh, of Georgia. Last election season, he pulled some some whole shit as the Secretary of State which allowed him to manipulate how many votes were considered, how many voters were eligible to be able to cast cast a vote. He was called out on it recently in the most recent debate between the two. However, even though she's showing a short, like, you know, face-to-face, she cooking. Mm-hmm. Democrats are not optimistic about Stacey Abrams' chances. Not only are they not optimistic about her chances, they're also, like, juxtaposing her election with uh, Raphael Warnock and saying... They're not seeing the same level of enthusiasm for her that they're seeing in the Warnock election, which mm-hmm. me personally, I'm like, that's bullshit. Like they're on the same side. Like all of the, the news that, that we all agreed came, that came out of Georgia that was productive was mainly due to the strategic organizing of Stacey Abrams and the people that, that, that worked with her. Uh, Toya, I want your opinion real quick on what it uh, or on, on what it means for Democrats to be publicly talking about the lack of enthusiasm when if it wasn't for her a lot, like really that 
uh um the the tie the slight majority that they have they wouldn't have you got it next george but i want to start with you i want to tell lion's time baby to stop repping herschel walker in my comments uh but also more specifically to answer this question you know i think democrats their biggest issue in their Achilles heel is not knowing how to strategize and not knowing how to lean into momentum. The fact that they are even admitting admitting that out loud speaks to their inability to string together any because t- instead of criticizing how she's not going to have the same momentum or have the same kind of support that uh, 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 that man's had in the other election or the 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 the, the, the yeah that Raphael Warnock had in the yeah. 2022 election or 2020 election what was that 2020. 2020, yeah. 2020. 2020. No, this, this, why are you not getting behind her? Like you're reporting objectively about her inability to connect some of those same dots. Where is that energy to keep the momentum going? What are we doing behind the curtains to make sure we don't lose these types of opportunities and fall to Brian Kemp when he's literally getting curb stopped right now and have been over the last few years for how he's responded to a number of things? Like this is so revealing to me in terms of just the lack of Democrats supporting each other and creating long-term, long-game strategies to have any type of salience in this project. Meanwhile, you're not hearing Democrats talk. I mean, I'm sorry, Republicans talk like that. You're not hearing these conversations happen between or inside the party or within the party about the lack of sustainability. So that's my biggest concern is I still see very little foresight. And if anybody had any sense, they would get behind at least her. Like, if you're not going to get behind anybody else in this country and their momentum to really kind of shape and curate and mold a path forward for not just black people, but people who need to be a part of the democratic process, you should be behind Stacey Abrams. And it's not happening. And it's dumbfounded. Lee, quickly. All right, well, you can answer the, yeah, so you can answer the next one. Then. We can, we can, because like I said, because. Yeah, because because Toya does make a great point, right? Like, why get in the way of that momentum? Like, what are y'all looking for? Like, the same people voting for Raphael Warnock is the people that's going to be voting for Stacey Abrams. Why not so be in a yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Pretty, so, I thought I was going to say minuscule, and I think that that's really what should be prioritized. Like, to me, sometimes people get in their own way, or sometimes people will deploy divide and conquer tactics and not really recognize it or don't really do it intentionally, but intentionally, but it's still like, that's the impact. You feel me? Like, you trying to... Like, yeah, I, I leave it at that. So the last thing the last thing I would say about this is that uh, I, I want to point out that the criticism specifically is situated in her lack of wanting to appeal to moderate conservatives. So, you know, their complaint is that she isn't selling out to the moderates. Mm-hmm. All right, whatever. Uh Last story we're going to get to in the political chat before we move on uh, to our last story for the night uh, is Donald Trump, which, like, I, don't, I, I I talked a lot about not talking about the previous president during, like, while we got another president to criticize during Trump. So I make it a habit to not spend too much talking about uh, what goes on with Donald Trump. But recently, we do have some bigger news to come out. Uh, so he got caught up with uh, taking co- classified documents. The FBI raided his shit. Like ran up in him, ran up on him, like you know what I'm saying? He was moving dope, like no not bow, kicked in and shit. Absolutely. Uh, and it had <laughs> to get the other <laughs> and really flound a lot of like a lot of classified documents, right? Um, and more recently I think was, he called it a robbery, a burglary, or something. He characterized it so stupid too when he was talking about what happened to him. Like, nigga, shut up, you know what happened to you. Right. Uh and so uh, what's recently come out is that a part of the uh, conversation or a part of the documents that was taken uh, from the White House 
um, to Mar-a-Lago, which is where they kicked it in and found the documents, was uh, the nuclear capabilities of a particular... <laughs> I get lying times, baby, off my shit. I, he's a fucking troll talking about they planted those documents. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but Why you lying? Look, uh, but they found that Donald Trump had taken documents that, that have been uh, that uh, top secret documents Absolutely. that actually spoke to the nuclear capabilities of a particular foreign country. Uh, so, Diab, uh, I, I go with you on this one, George. Uh, is this a big deal? Let's start there. Big deal. Yes or no? Yeah. Okay. Is it why? It's a big deal because bro broke the law, but <laughs> or I'm gonna say, however, it's a big deal that's being blown smoke up our ass because I don't think nothing gonna come of it. But I do think that we should see it as a big deal. And I do recognize that just because we can see on the back end that one is not going to be held responsible the way that we know uh, our cousins or our uncles or our mamas or our daddies would if they did a little bullshit ad misdemeanor or something like that. You see what I'm saying? But it don't mean that. Okay. So let me add. I want to ask Toya this. Connecting the dots with with what happened with uh, Jared Kushner, yeah. And, and that being investigated, right? Him being accused of giving over top secret documents. Um, a lot of legal analysts are saying that, again, this is another smoking gun. This is information that should not have been, you know, taken out of, you know, secure spaces. Actually, some of the documents that he had literally required what's called skips to be created in order for the documents to be viewed. And the skip right. is like a secured viewing, like a secure closed viewing, whatever area, right? So uh, George kind of answered the question, said he don't think anything come from it. Do you think anything will come from it? The man was um, impeached, I think, two times. Was it once or twice? Two times. And all it serves for right now is a small little asterisk at the bottom of his presidential resume, not even one that's very important because it has zero teeth and materiality to it. So I think the phrase blowing smoke up our ass has been used once, and I'll go ahead and double down on that because I feel like as time goes on, the public consciousness, the heartbeat of uh, the desire for us to want, like it just starts to slip away. And now he's old news. And now, you know, is he's not really the most viable candidate, but he kind of mm-hmm. is. And so I don't know, he gets to kind of teeter on the fringes of our, our care. And, and I think a lot of the political pendulum is being predicated on that. That aside though, I think the systems that be have failed multiple times and hold him, him accountable in many other contexts, in many other ways he could have been legally bound to have to explain and describe some shit that he had to explain or describe. So I don't I don't think it means anything. I'm not holding out hope. And I, I think it's it doesn't mean anything so much so that he's going to be allowed to run for president again. And that's what's mm-hmm. the most scary part. Hey. That's the part. That's the reason why. That's the, that's the reason why. I think that at this point now, because our country is so divided, what him being disqualified from being able to run would represent and lead to would cause more economic, more national instability than I think that our country could handle. And I think that if the Democrats are being were being smart, they recognize that. You feel me? Like outside of the hoorah, whatever, whatever. I just think that in terms of this national stability, you feel yeah. me? Domestic security type shit. Like if if the Democrats figured out a way to disqualify Donald Trump, it would not be a good thing for the country at all. 
Like I really believe that. Okay. But no, no, I mean that's a that's a great point. That's a great point. And I think it's a it's a good point to go ahead and close out that political chop. Um, stay tuned, we'll be back, you know, with, with more as, as this develops. Uh, but with that being said, let's go ahead and transition over to the last shot for the night, the conscious shot. Hey, hey, we, we closing it out like this, and I apologize to my team. I'm kind of switching it up, audibling up a little bit. How I said, I feel like I gotta bring people back in, and then maybe you know what I'm saying the viewers come in live and catch catch me doing this right here. But this shop right here is the conscious shop. It's about environmental racism, and I'm gonna start this shop with a nice little old tweet because I think sometimes the uh, education in tweets is very nice, like especially when they're able to you know eloquently lay it out, right? Um, shout yeah, out to you uh, a lot from Twitter, nigga. We get it, nigga. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh Liberationist MA. That's they at Liberationist MA. They said, it's wild to me how the mainstream media putting black and indigenous people in the most contaminated parts of the country, allowing their water to get toxic for decades into a state of emergency. It's not considered a coordinated environmental racism and slow genocide. Same with Katrina. Let's get it really bad. Let's get it really bad. Then they let nature do the rest. Just because it's not immediate, they make it seem like it's an accident, as if the history of black and indigenous death in the U.S. is a weird coincidence and thinking otherwise makes you a conspiracy theorist. And just the realms of environmental racism. When was the first time that y'all heard about the concept? And for the people in the con and the people in the uh, comment section, are y'all familiar with the concept of environmental racism? So again, for the, for the folks in the chat. Y'all go ahead and let us know how y'all came, uh, if, if, you know, if y'all have an understanding of environmental racism, where y'all got that from. You want to go ahead and start it out, Toya? I feel like I know where you're going to go. I mean, because we have similar life experiences. <laughs> I first learned about, I mean, I think we first, and here's uh-huh. the thing, we experienced environmental racism be- before we knew what to call it. I didn't know right. what environmental racism was until I got to college debate. Right. And we were having so many conversations about global warming and how bad it was and how important it should be. And it should come before anything. So if we want to talk about niggas in our neighborhoods getting shot, we want to talk about police corruption. We want to talk about how politics and political systems and whatever structure, the way we understand capitalism or the way we understand whatever. All of that had to come after we dealt with the fact that global warming is super serious and super real. And we have to respond to global warming first because the planet is going to blow up and is actively on fire, which we didn't disagree with. But what do we do about that? As niggas, like, how do we even start to deal with the bigness of climate change? And so us getting into these conversations, it led to us finding more information that was telling people who were telling us to focus on climate change. When you say climate change, you ain't even thinking about us when you have those conversations, because we are the worst experiences of climate change. A lot of our urban epicenters, a lot of our major cities, hot as shit. And usually 10 to 15 times hotter than a lot of suburban areas because they've cut down our trees. They've taken poor care of the infrastructure around there. The uh, 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 the GHGs that are released from uh, fossil fuels from buses and cars and stuff like that because you have to drive in and out in order to even get around a lot of those places um, have created just hotbeds of a lot of the toxic pollution that we experience every single day from what's happening in the environment. So when we talk about environmental racism, all of a sudden it connected all the dots because yeah, the environment is not like, it, it gets to kind of be this 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 uh, objective actor that just is. The environment is just how it is, but we know that there's a lot of human behavior that makes the environment terrible. And the racism comes in when we see a very particular group of people being affected by what's happening in the atmosphere a whole lot worse than other people. And so 
I learned about it in the debate when I really started to think about hot ass summers in Kansas City, Missouri. To debate, man. And how how bad my ass was being beat, just kind of trying to live and breathe and make it from summer to summer. So that that was my introduction to it. Yeah, um, I think uniquely, I mean, because again, it was it was through debate. Actually, one of our what topic was it? Uh, it may have been when we was talking about uh, energy production. Because did you debate the energy production topic or you? I did not. I think that was right after me. That was the, the yeah. year that I think that may have been after your last year. But uh, either way, I mean, it, what what where I got where I got involved uh, in, in understanding it specifically and how I connected it back to my home is um food deserts. Mm-hmm. Uh, in turn, and that and that is the availability of um of fresh food in, in in particular areas. And so when we talk about environmental racism, like uh, it's we usually jump to things like climate change and that and this is real right and, and there are other things that we'll be talking about tonight uh that has to do with environmental racism but specifically actually access to fresh food um, is a part of yeah it's a part of that um engagement and the one thing that stood out the most to me that i didn't really think about was a problem when i was a kid but when i learned about environmental racism it became more prevalent was that was the fact that before i reached a grocery store in my neighborhood, which that grocery store is actually no longer in our neighborhood. So the, the mm-hmm. closest grocery store is even further than it was um, when I was growing up. But uh, on 32nd and um, on 32nd and, and ooh, don't let me say the wrong street. I think it's just going to kill me. State. Mm-hmm. 32nd and State where I grew up. Kansas City, Kansas. Wyandotte County. Uh, going down state, you run into literally every type of fast food that you could think of. McDonald's, Taco Bell, Wendy's, Subway, uh, Pizza Hut, Burger King, all, all of them before you got to the grocery store, price shopper, which th- that price shopper is there, no, isn't there no more, but literally you hit every fast food spot before you got to a grocery store. Absolutely. And, and, and it, hey, and, you know it's crazy though, you're saying for, the concept of food desert? I see. Yeah, I, feel like, I want to verify. I want to verify for this person. Yeah. Our Falcon says, "Are you serious environmental?" Yeah, we're very serious environmental. You come to the right place, man. Education, and we're in our educational bag. So if you are being genuine and not disingenuous with your question. You should stick around for a few more seconds. You're gonna learn a couple things, right? But. You feel me? Before you, you know what I'm saying, say what you had said in the comment section, what I was going to let you know was I've learned a lot of things from men on social media, right? And it's this content creator named Black Food Fridays. You feel me? He taught me. I'm always thinking about it, Damo. If we was in debate, I could be petty and launch a little criticism and be like, yeah, we shouldn't use the word food desert because that makes it food apartheid. But, 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 it's just, 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 can I, can I flex? Can I flex real quick for you, bro? Because actually, that comment kind of he said, "Good luck with your channel." Do he not know that you a black YouTube voices twenty twenty? He don't know. He, he don't know you verified. Oh, like I'm verified. Like I whatever. I'm uh, gonna make it okay. up, man. Shout out. No, shout I, out I, 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 I guess he don't know. I guess he don't know. Nigga said good luck, but I. Uh, all right, all right. Go ahead. Um, go hey, ahead. Hey. Hey, I think this right here show because I said education is elevation in there. If you was ingenuous about the question, not disingenuous, but I know though, most of the time education can't really happen unless the student is ready to learn. 
And apparently, Buddy, this Falcon ain't ready to learn right now about environmental racism. You see what I'm saying? You know, um, we'll let him make it go. Give him the game. Give him the game. Yeah, we got we gave him some airtime. Let's give him the game. Yes, that time. <laughs> so, 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 and just I feel like it was smooth though. It's almost like I feel like I paid you to come here because it makes it go smooth, right? So, for the people that don't know, so we have a working definition of environmental racism. And then, just so we clear, Cash, after our richest definition, we're going to get into why should we even give a damn about environmental racism? Mm-hmm. But just so we're, so we're clear for clarity, when I say environmental racism, I'm talking about the institutional rules, regulations, policies, or government and corporate decisions that deliberately target certain communities for locally undesirable land uses and lacks enforcement of zoning and environmental laws resulting into communities being disproportionately exposed to toxic. So when we think about how communities are exposed with pollution, as, you know, as a matter of fact, a political plug uniquely. Can you just kind of give us some of the political perspective in terms of environmental racism and how it involves with the policymaking system? I, I mean, so it's really a question of how communities are set up, how they how how they're segregated, and because this is a great segue. I, fuck the political plug. What the political plug got to say? Let's look at the research, shall we? Uh, according to an article that was that came out March 9, two thousand twenty-two, by Daryl Fears of the Washington Post, redlining means forty-five million Americans are breathing dirtier air mm-hmm. fifty years after it ended. We're familiar with redlining, right? Absolutely. Right. The, 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 the process by which banks determine who should and shouldn't live in what community, who has access to a particular community. If we look at the data, right, according to the Washington Post, the, the analysis published in the Journal of Environmental Science and Technology Letters found that compared with white people, Black and Latino Americans live with more smog and fine particulate matter from cars, trucks, and buses, coal plants, and other nearby industrial sources in areas that were redlined. Those pollutants inflame human airways, reduce lung function, trigger asthma attacks, and can damage the heart and cause strokes. Research over me, search. We're not playing them games over here. This is this is data. We're seeing that black and, Lati- black, black and brown communities are dealing with more segregated communities, deal with more pollutants due to redlining than other communities. And one of uh, uh, if y'all toy, can you find a comment that spoke to specifically how they drive, they create uh, uh, highways through black communities? Oh, shout out to the comment section. Shout that out was to Brian the comment section. Who talked about Brian- that, like, building highways either through or to separate prominent black neighborhoods for decades, car pollution, traffic, trash, all side products of these this like urban development. I specifically live currently about two blocks away from 71 Highway, which is a highway that was built in the early 90s, late, late 80s in, the, in Kansas City, Missouri, straight through the city of Kansas City. It gets you from north to south um, in about 15 to 20 minutes or less. Great innovation for the hustling, bustling development of Kansas City, Missouri, but this took away the safety. They just this year, y'all, created a safe way to cross or get across 71 Highway because they literally cut off black people from schools, from grocery stores, and from a whole bunch of other shit. And we have to literally put our lives on the line to get across the freeway because they put it smack dab into the middle of our community. So when we talk about yeah. access to fresh food, it's as simple as how did the chicken cross the road? How did the black people cross the road? to get 
to the food that they need because of things like urbanization. And by the way, you go past the church's chicken, uh, two other, uh, I think, local chicken spots, two burger joints, a KFC before you even get to the closest grocery store with any type of fresh food. Yeah. You said 70, you, you said, yeah, you, you grew up off 71, right? I grew up off 71. I grew up, my, my grandma's house is right off 70. Like yeah, literally, the, the highway, like you can see my grandma's house from the highway, right? Right in front of it, right off 70. Imagine yeah. all, like you think, I'm thinking about all the shit we was breathing in as kids. We was playing next to the playing highway. In it. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me, let me get because because we we're gonna talk about Mississippi. I want to make sure we talk about Mississippi, but I want to get through the rest of this little real quick part of data. Right. The researchers analyzed air quality data in 202 cities where communities were redlined, keyword, and found a consistent disparity in the level of nitrogen dioxide, which forms smog and PM 2.5 pollution. The small particles that can become embedded in people's lungs and arteries we see in larger levels of the things that cause a cancer the things that cause asthma right this and the last part i'll read is this groundbreaking study builds on the solid this is just a study that builds on solid empirical evidence that systemic racism is killing and making people of color sick it's just that simple, said Robert D. Bullard, a distinguished professor of urban planning and environmental policy at TSU and the author of, and this is a book that everybody can check out, Dumping in Dixie, Race, Class, and Environmental Quality. Shout research over Bullard. research. Shout out to Dr. Bullard, who was somebody we quoted a whole lot um, when, uh, I think when these debates that I was talking about before were taking place, he was uh, a, the, the quintessential scholar to really speak to the prolific way that it affected black, black and brown communities. But we got kind of the understanding of what's happening with our air. Let's let's transition to talk about what's happening with the water. Yeah, so in talking about the water, I think that it's important that I say this first, right? This is the power of having a, a, a team, a community, having people that's going to, I feel like, really push you to discernment. I was having a conversation with both the plug and Toya G specifically about this topic, right? And, and, and me being excited sometimes how I get, I really made a sweeping claim and characterization about what was going on, you feel me, in, 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 in Mississippi so much that I went and deleted a TikTok that I made because what Toya had said to me, you feel me? Yeah. Uh, before I even read these tweets, you know what I'm saying? I want to say what I said and then really give it to Toya and then I read these tweets, right? But what I had said was I had found, you feel me, this 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 thing that was comparing the amount of tax dollars that the American government has given to Taiwan, has given to you feel me, Ukraine, has given to Israel, has given to different communities. You know what I'm saying? Just supposed to specifically Mississippi, but in my video I talked about a whole bunch of plethora of things, right? But what Toya had came in and, and, and sprinkled down was some uh, nuance that I think that I wasn't accounting for. It didn't really negate my point. But I think that it, it 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 definitely added a bunch of caveats. So we want to be upset about the money we see quickly, rapidly, and consistently being exported to all these other countries. And especially when we look at places like Flint, we look at places like Mississippi, we even look at places like uh, Baltimore, which recently have been going through their own water issues, found E. coli in their water. They've been under a boil order. But when we look at Mississippi specifically, 
right? And the issues they've been having for weeks now, a lot of people like the federal government where y'all at, y'all need to be doing y'all job. Mississippi actually got $4.4 billion from the infrastructure bill alone. This does not count the money that they were already getting to facilitate the types of changes, the types of updates, the types of confrontation and centering with these types of issues that would avoid all this. But they have an issue spending money on their black citizens. What we know about the demographics of uh, 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 Jackson, which is the capital city of Mississippi, is that it is 83% black. In that, in that 83% black uh, uh, capital city and in a state with failing literacy, failing uh, 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 access to health care, right? We see a bunch of mismanagement of money in ways that they have mistreated that bread, not from the federal level, but right there from the state level, right there from the people who are making decisions about what happens to their constituents and they're being intentional decision making not to spend money on black folks. So we want to point fingers and there's people need to be pointed at, but we got to make sure we're sending that at traffic the appropriate direction because who was it? The plug or uh, uh, Lee pointed out that not only did they miss spend and not spend and I guess sent the money back, sent the money away is what Anaya said um, in, 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 the, in the case of Jackson. But what was going on in the state of Mississippi? What did they spend money on? Man, what they did spend money on is giving Brett Favre damn near a million dollars to do a speech or do speeches that he never did. Let's so be clear about who the hell Brett Favre is for people who don't follow. Oh, and for people that who don't know who Brett Favre is, Brett Favre is a rich white Hall of Famer quarterback. And this will happen to Republican as well. You feel me? I think it means something, but I divest. They gave him a million dollars to go talk to the residents of Jacksonville. You feel me? Was they supposed to eat that? Was they supposed to pay bills with it? Listen, what were they supposed to do it? Those speeches never took place and he got paid for them anyway. The speeches never took place, y'all. And it was literal tax dollars that's supposed to be paid for the infrastructure to deal with their water system that was already failing. So listen, at the time that a lot of Republicans was pointing the finger and saying, look at the mismanagement of funds, the BLM is done. And listen to two things to be true at the same time. We yeah. should focus on the BLM mismanagement of funds. We also can focus on, you feel me, the mismanagement of funds that's come from your favorite Republicans like Brett Favre and the goddamn Mississippi government state, you feel me? So it just show you really in multiple ways that a lot of times that when we're talking about the mismanagement of funds and, and too, but I really want to get at states' rights. Yeah. In America, we have federalism that's split between the federal and the state government. We see how most instances, the idea of states' rights and the state being able to do what they want to do, how they want to do, Fucks over black people. I could have said that a little bit better, but just really fucks over black people. So the next time you hear, no, I think I, I, I literally did. That's the best way to say it. Actually, yeah. I thought like the more words into this to be clear, the idea of states' rights. Technically, that 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 hubris of thinking was used to overturn Roe v. Wade. We gonna leave it up to the states. You feel me? In every instance, knowing what I know and what I learned in my African-American studies degree and what I learned in my human relations degree and what I learned in my education, you know what I'm saying? Adult I learned mm-hmm. all three of these degrees. States' rights, politically, socially, economically, fuck over black people. And we see in 2022, it's not old, archaic me living in the past. It's literally in 2022, right now, Mississippi playing on states' rights games. But the clothes model ran off, Mississippi is masterful. In deploying the states' rights gangs and fucking over black folks, which is which is why um, when when we talk about like getting engaged politically in a lot of these things, mm-hmm. this happens because of like even what happened in Flint, 
Uh, I mean, it's just all these other communities where they allow pipelines, where they allow certain things like to take place. This happens because of decisions made by their local politicians. Yeah, so, local while we, so while we getting mad at Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and everybody else, we don't even know the names of the people that's making the decisions that's literally allowing them to put bullshit in our communities, right? Like, so we get like that, and that's why midterms are so important, um, and and why it's so so important that y'all go and vote in November where y'all live. If you got that big of an issue with Joe with with, with uh, Biden and the Senate and Kamala Harris and all them, cool. That's a valid issue to have. But when it comes to your district attorney, when it comes to your mayor, when it comes to your governor, when it comes to the people that like city council, these are the people that are deciding resolutions that actually impact you specifically. Yeah. Everybody know Biden name. Everybody know Kamala Harris name. But can you name the person that's that's locking y'all up? Can you name the, the the people that's making this that's making commercial decisions and what type of businesses are allowed next to your children? Do you mm-hmm. know the names of those individuals? What happened in Mississippi and what happened in Flint and what happens all over the United States in black neighborhoods is that we are not involved enough in our local politics to where when these things are being signed off on, these don't make the news because we too busy talking about what Joe Joe Biden falling asleep and saying the wrong thing while he had a press conference. Right. Fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> I, I listen, I told people to vote for him, but yeah. not. And I'll end my rant by saying, fuck Joe Biden. Yeah. Make sure, make sure you know the, the name of the people that's making decisions where you stay. Where, so, uh, let me see. Lois said, I live in South Carolina and I can see Republicans running unopposed. So they win. Uh, so they win by default. Right. Which is rough. It's a rough reality. And I can't, I mean, participating in politics is a whole nother level and layer of conversation um, that, you know, we can kind of get into because I think all of us, because of our backgrounds, because of the work that we've done in our communities and on our campuses, have all been asked when we're running for one office or another. And we've all three of us, I'm certain, have had to respectfully decline and say, whoa, there a couple of times because that is a, is a mixed bag. But for the people who do have the audacity and people who do have the resources to go out and run, pay attention to what the hell they're talking about, because you turn your head one, one day and somebody who you just thought wouldn't really hold out of nobody. It's all of a sudden all uh, in the mix of, you know, shit that you don't want them to be in. Shout out to, I don't want to say this name, but I'm about to say this name anyway. Uh, Detective Reach Around uh, for showing love. I I feel like we just got Bart Simpson. Oh, God, I feel like we just got Bart Simpson. Mercy. Uh, Who knows? But uh, dropping dropping love and showing love to the melanin on the panel. We'll make you $2. We'll we'll make you We'll make the joke and take the two dollars. It's Absolutely. all good. We appreciate <laughs> for your two dollars, dog. Yeah, political plug is tomorrow more little brother. There hey the Jonin. The Jonin is here. And so I ain't got anything to do hey. with that. Yeah, I think I, I feel like I cap it off, man. I cap it off, and then we can end the show the same way we start the show. You feel me? Yeah. Um at the end of this conscious shop, if you asking yourself, so simplistically, why should we give a damn about environmental racism? Me as a a person that that that, that avidly listens to you know uh, uh the chop up a person that cares about humanity a person like that really just like don't know about environmental racism this is the first time I've heard about it why should I give it down here's why you should give it down environmental racism is literally the leading cause of death in communities of color especially even when you want to put in like police brutality like they literally being pushed to our environment you know what I'm saying. But I digress. Many factors threaten the well-being of minority communities, such as discriminatory policy, 
uh, policing and housing availability, but environmental discrimination is uh, actually the main cause of mortality for these residents. When we think about things like asthma, when we think about things like the wastelands, when we think about things like pollution, when we think about things, another, you know, like uh, bloodlands and houses being put in, you know what I'm saying, dumping zones. Like all can I make, can I make another connection we're not thinking about? Please do. On the laundry list of everything that Lee said in terms of asthma, in terms of natural disasters, this, that, and the other, let's not forget that niggas get upset. People, humans, start behaving a little differently when it's hot outside. When it's hella hot, when they're environment, in environments that have been cooked and baked up like ovens, that's when we start to see increases in crime. It's been historically and empirically proven that in the places where we see a lot of hot spots, we see the tolls of these types of seasons taking the worst. This is where we start to see murder numbers go up. We start to see crime rates go up in our neighborhoods. There's a direct correlation between what happens and how we behave and how we function as human beings when we are literally cooking from the communities that we live in. So I just want to add that to the list of what Lee was going down. He was going down. He was talking about this is what happens with environmental racism. It's all interconnected if you pay attention. I just had to throw that in real quick. Hey, hey, and too, I feel like I'm, I feel like we, we we can end the show, but I really just 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 I want to end it with like a question that has nothing to do with the environmental racism. That has nothing to do with that, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Detective, reach around. What is you reaching around to and get? What is you reaching like? What is the purpose of you reaching around, detective? Bro, we are being Bart Simpson. <laughs> You know what I mean when I say Bart Simpson, nigga? Yeah. I'm saying um, that's drug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> running it ass. Uh, no, nigga, no, no. We not, I'm not worried about nobody who got a big head Raz B is they, uh, <laughs> they icon picture. What I will say is what Brian said. I hope Falcon kept listening because we definitely dropped some gems and gave you some leads. Uh, Plug even dropped some literal scholarships, gave you some, some, some offers you can go look into. So if you don't believe that in very material, very intentional ways that black and brown pe- people are being uh, disproportionately affected by what's happening outdoors, you got to be tripping. Uh, shout out to everybody in the comment section that have been going crazy all night. Rhonda been dropping facts with Tracy been talking uh, their business. Brian been going off. Ayanna slid in on us uh, toward the end. Pages and portraits. This is the second week I didn't see you come in and tap in with us, so we appreciate you coming back. Uh, shoot, Lois. Uh, we're a uh, uh, line time, baby. Was cutting up with us tonight. Lily, uh, just it's a whole bunch of great people who've been rocking with us. Kimya, uh, definitely great. Happy to see y'all up in here. We like to shout out folk by name because we appreciate y'all melodious ramblings for coming in here and spending time with us tonight, dropping comments, doing everything. Everybody who didn't drop a comment but watched the whole time, we've been watching the numbers of who's been in here and y'all been rocking with us all night long. So it's love. It's love to y'all. Yeah, nah. It, we, we definitely, definitely appreciate that love. Definitely. Whether you hear... From the chop up show, whether you hear from consciously, yeah, Facebook, YouTube, all of y'all that they came pulled up was a part of the conversation. We definitely appreciate y'all. We yeah. want to make sure that if y'all missed anything, if you was late, we're gonna have these. This episode will be up within the next day or so. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We're we, we gonna get it up available for y'all. Y'all make sure y'all subscribe to us on Instagram to catch some of these clips and the joining the dialogue that's happening on Instagram. Go ahead, tell you. One more favor. I need everybody in the comments. Go to your keyboard right now, especially if you're on the phone. If you're on the computer, it might be a little bit more hard. But if you're on the phone, I want y'all to go to your keyboard right now. I'm going to give you a second. Go to your keyboard. If you're watching this on your phone, go to your keyboard. Go to your keyboard. Go to your emojis. Go to your emojis. Go to your emojis. Go to the plant section, right, where they got the plants and flowers. Go go to the plant section on your phone. And I want y'all to drop some, some, some little, what do they call them, shamrocks. Because the plug is in this Celtic shirt. 
the Boston Celtics won me $50 and it won the political plug wearing this shirt. So if y'all can just, if y'all love anything about KG, just drop me some shamrocks just in the comments. Just flood that shit before we leave. Thank you, Brian. I, I love do you. that shit. I do that drop shit. some shamrocks. Look, look. I want it. Let the record show that man. Thank you. Thank you, Autumn. Thank you, Autumn. Autumn. <laughs> Thank you, Autumn. Autumn. We'll talk about it later, Autumn. We'll talk about it later. But now, it's love. <laughs> Y'all holding me down in the comments. That's what I'm talking about. It's a war. It's a war. Celtics hey. 2023 champions. That's all I got to say about that. You can go ahead and play the music now, but don't you push the button. Man, look, look. Hey, go back in. And, and we make this so bad. Is I probably have like 50 episodes where about Laker hoodie. I probably got like 50 episodes, but it's it's all good. Y'all go check out y'all go check out the past episodes where I'm rocking what I really represent. Let's go ahead and close out so I can take this shit off. We're gonna start the show the way that we ended the show. We out. We're gonna see y'all. In the city, we gon' slide, bet I be there pronto Me, my guys, we really live Lord, forgive me, pay my size Please don't have me reach inside And that's in the console Keep the semi when I ride Little penny when I drive